Everybody knows what we're against. Everybody knows what we don't like. Everybody knows what we're going to protest. But very few people know what the church is for and why it matters to the individual in the church. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we are sponsored by Nike, Ford, and Buick. And the NFL. (laughs) We still don't have a sponsor, but you know what, Cole? It's okay, because we're having fun with this. Are you... I'm um, having a lot of fun, man. Cole, tell me this, Cole. When was the first presidential election that you voted in? Or have you ever voted? I have. Okay. Oh my goodness! Was it 2008? It would Obama. It would have been Obama. His second term, 2012, when he ran yes. against Mitt Romney. Yep, that was okay. my senior year of high school. And you voted? I voted, baby. You voted. How- to be, I'm gonna be honest. I I'm not even sure who I voted for, but I'm pretty sure I voted. I don't know. I, well, that's what happens. It all runs. <laughs> I don't remember together. what I had for breakfast. Well, me neither. And which is the reason I asked that question is because it's the subject of our podcast today. Um, why this is the, what the podcast title is. Why was there not a red wave in the midterm elections? I don't know about you, Cole, but like, I, I love, well, you know this about me. I love to look at politics and watch politics, not just because of politics, but because of the leadership aspect yeah. involved in politics. Um, and I don't know when this is going to air, but this is very this topic is very fresh for us right now. Yeah, we'll probably air it pretty quick. Yeah. Um, because it's it, it really is being talked about a whole lot because even if you're even if you just kind of pay attention on the surface, you you heard all media outlets talk about the red wave that's coming and it wasn't even a red fart bubble. I mean, it was, you know, I, I mean, I mean they said know, it was guaranteed, like many yeah. people did. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I'm talking about with fart bubble, like if you're in the bathtub and yeah, you fart yeah, in the tub. Yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. only way I had a jacuzzi. When That's I was the best up. way to take a bath. Okay. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but it's it's so funny when I sat down and I was thinking about this about the because some people are listening right now and you're thinking, well, this isn't a political podcast, and I would say you're absolutely right. It's a leadership podcast. So. What can we learn as the church or as a business from the supposed red wave that was supposed to happen that didn't happen? I've got three main reasons that that I don't I don't think it happened. Three things. And here we go. Number one is this lack of vision. Lack talk to me. Lack of vision. So so any sitting president, it doesn't matter. And the first president that I remember, Cole, you weren't alive. Is um Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Jimmy Carter. Um, he was not the president when I was born, but he's the first president I remember. And what I remember about Jimmy Carter and then Ronald Reagan and the first George Bush and then Bill Clinton, it doesn't matter who the president is, the sitting president is an easy target um for, for comedians or for whatever. So Joe Biden right now is an easy target. And it doesn't matter if you love him. 
or if it doesn't matter if you don't like him, at the end of the day, he's an easy target because, the, I mean, first of all, whoever's idea it was to dress him in spandex and send him out, send him out on a bike, they should be fired. <laughs> they should just be fired. That's a bad idea. And because he fell over. Did you see that? I, I watched it. But here's it. the deal. Listen, I'm... I'm not the biggest Joe Biden fan in the world, but when you're riding one of those bikes, what they don't tell is your feet are clipped, clipped in the in. wheel. I couldn't do it. So I'm like, I'm like, I would fall over. So I'm, and then spandex is not a good idea for him Mm-mm. at all. You should wear some. Uh, I I am wearing spandex right now underneath my clothes. It's amazing. Um, but <laughs> the problem. So getting back to lack of vision, is the Republican message was mostly we don't like Joe Biden. And we don't like what he's done. Now, those are pretty strong messages. And the Republicans were saying that very loudly and very clearly. But the problem with that is you told me what you don't like. Not what you're for. You didn't tell me what you're for. You didn't tell me if I voted for you what you would do. Like you could like anybody can say inflation is bad. The economy's bad. The border is open. Mm-hmm. Crime is increasing. All of that is very, very, very true. But you didn't tell me. No, no, nobody really had a super strong message about, and this is what I'm going to do about it if you vote for me. Instead, mm-hmm. of, instead of bashing the current president and the party in power, they should have said, this is what I don't, this is what I don't like that's happening. This is, why, this is what I'm going to do about it. And this is why it matters to you. Mm-hmm. They failed to make that connection, in my opinion. Yeah. What, what do you think? Well, I'm just curious now, how does that specifically relate to the church, what you're seeing happening in the, in the church, all that stuff? Well, if you go back to the King James Version, and I like the King James Version, some like the Christmas story in the King James, it's just classic. That's the way they did it in Charlie Brown. Thou the... Thou, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but in King James, Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. That's words, the King James version? Yeah, that's King James. Oh, wow. In, in, in NIV, it says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Hmm. So I like the vision yeah. piece in, in the Proverbs uh, KJV. Um, but the way it ties into the church is the church does a really good job of saying what we don't like. Hmm. Like it, you don't have to shop around hardly at all to figure out what the church or what particular denominations don't like, because they're going to boycott things. They're going to point out what's wrong. They're going to say this is wrong. And they do a really good job of trying to like implement a behavior modification program. So the church, what, what we do is we want to set rules for the world. And the problem with that is, well, you and your you and your lovely bride are about to have your first child. We're, we're gonna what are we calling Can't him? Wait. Bash. Bash. That's legit. We're calling him Bash. That's, That's his name. Bash. Short for what, Cole? Sebastian. Bash. But we call him Bash. But we're gonna call him Bash. Yeah. And every time I hear Sebastian, I think of the Little Mermaid. You just need to know that. <sighs> Stop saying that. It's <laughs> it's where my mind is, man. It's the I Little know, Mermaid. Know, anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. So when you and Addie, um. Let's say Bash is five or six years old, and y'all are hanging out, and y'all y'all gonna have rules, you know, bedtime stuff. You're gonna set Bash's bedtime, mm-hmm. but you're not gonna set the bedtime for all the neighborhood kids. That would be stupid. Yeah, you set rules for your kids. You can't set rules for the neighborhood kids. Well, what the church is trying to do, oftentimes, is we're trying to set rules for the neighborhood kids, mm-hmm. and not for the people in our own house. 
Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to get the world to adopt a Christian mindset and Christian standards when they're not even sure that they even believe in, in Jesus. Yeah, I think I heard you, I don't know, back in the day one time talk about how like you you, you never expect, I don't know what you used, a, a duck to bark. You don't expect it. If- and, and what we do as Christians is oftentimes we expect non-Christians to believe in the same things we do, have the same values we do, stuff like that. Well, and it ties into this so well because he, here's – so the church, everybody knows what we're against. Everybody knows what we don't like. Everybody knows what we're going to protest. But very few people know what the church is for mm-hmm. and why it matters to the individual in the church. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, our church is for um, – okay, let, let's just take a controversial issue in the United States right now. We're, we're very pro – like, we're pro-life. Like, I'm a pro-life pastor. Yeah. But you will hear me say that from the stage, but then I'll also explain I'm pro-life because, you know, when I was a child – my mother was encouraged to get an abortion when she was pregnant with me, and she didn't go through with it, and that's why I'm here today. I'm pro-life because life matters. Yeah. And, and instead of yelling and screaming, I, I try my best to explain to people this is what I believe, and this is why it makes a difference. Yeah. Um, I think people should attend church in person rather than online if they have the option. Yeah. Um, but the vision of that is is you cannot experience on a TV screen what you experience in the room. Amazing. And you tell people this is this is why you need to be in the room, and this is why it matters. You really are going to grow more spiritually if you're in the room. If you're watching online, you receive ministry. But if you're in the room, you have church. So instead of getting up and screaming at people. <laughs> For not being at church, because by the way, when we're screaming at people for not being at church, the people in the room are going, "Dude, I'm here. Why are you screaming at me?" <laughs> you you've got to you got to yeah. cast that compelling vision of this is what we want to do, and this is why it matters, and more specifically, this is why it should matter to you. Yeah, that's huge. So being being about what we're for is a lot better than being about what we're against. I have a follow up question. Yeah, what? Why do you think people tend to find it so comfortable to only communicate the things that they're against, to to rely on that? It's easier to attack than it is to build. Hmm. It's easier to tear something down than it is to build something up. Wow, that's good. You can have a platform in one of two ways. You can build your own platform or you can set fire to somebody else's. <laughs> and it's easier to set some fire to somebody else's platform than it is to build your own. So that's That was really good. That well that's I mean, that was off the cuff, but that's my yeah, that's what I think. Perfect. That's so, all that's n- okay. That's good. I like that follow up. That was unscripted. I love so that. So n- number two, uh the reason that there was a not a red wave was lack of focus. Mm-hmm. So I can make the podcast audience so happy or so angry with two words. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Donald Trump. Right there, somebody literally just got the biggest smile on their face, and then somebody used their quota of cuss words for the month. <laughs> The Christian quota of cuss words. That's a whole other podcast yep. for a whole other time. Yeah, but um, 
hey, listen, love him or hate him, he absolutely knows how to get people's attention. 100%. And a lot of the Republicans, if you so if you look at the at the electoral map, a lot of the Republicans that lost did so because their main focus was on Donald Trump and election denial um and 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 January 6th. Now listen, mm-hmm. you can get a whole bunch of people riled up talking about this, but at the end of the day, um let, let, let's say the 2020 election was stolen. Let's say it 100% was stolen. By the way, I don't think it was stolen. Yeah. But let's say it was. It's 2022. You can't do anything about it. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm sorry somebody licked your ice cream cone <laughs> and you're a germaphobe, right? <laughs> you can't do anything about it. So We're focusing on something that literally doesn't matter. They focused so much on... The past. Uh, I feel like a great leader would have stepped in and said, we're not going to dwell on the past. We're going to dwell on the future. Hey, you know what? I can't do a thing about 2020, but you know what I can do something about? 2022 and 2024 and your children and 2034 and your grandchildren, 2044. I mean, that's the way you, but they, their, their focus was on, especially the people that lost, their focus was on Donald Trump. Now, let me pause really quick and let's say this. I'm not trying to be pro-Trump. I'm not trying to be anti-Trump. I'm just saying he should not have been the focus of any election in the United States. And because and the and the people that focused on him, listen, this isn't a political statement. This is a factual statement. The people that put their focus on him as far as basing their campaigns on him, about 96 to 97 percent of those people lost their election. Hmm. And I don't think they lost the election because they're the worst candidate. I think they lost because um, they focused on on the wrong thing. Uh, so switching that around to the church, because a lot of church... Well, first of all, a lot of churches are focused on Donald Trump, and you need to stop. Okay? He's not the Savior, and no, Joe Biden is not the Antichrist. <laughs> Cole, Thank like, you for saying well, no, that. Side note, I've been in church world for um, since 1990, Every Democrat that's ever been elected has always been the Antichrist. Every time. I mean, I mean, Bill Clinton was the Antichrist. Um, Obama was the Antichrist. Joe Biden. Listen, Joe Biden, if he is the Antichrist, he doesn't know it. Okay, so <laughs> let's just all be honest, have a good laugh, and and keep keep moving. Um, but, that's amazing. Well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When it comes to lack of focus, Jesus set the example. Because the focus of Christianity is not the crucifixion, it's the resurrection. Hmm. Now, I, I don't want to upset our Catholic brothers and sisters, um, but I don't like it that they leave Jesus on the cross. Like they're they're yeah, he's not there anymore. He's he he ain't there, and he ain't in the tomb. But Mm-mm. but the the focus of Christianity was not crucifixion because crucifixion happened to thousands and thousands of people. The crucifixion does not set Christianity apart. Oh, wow. It's the resurrection that sets Christianity apart because one man got up and walked out of the tomb. Praise Jesus. And Amen. and so that's what we celebrate at Easter. Um, and listen, every church, every organization has its setbacks. But at the end of the day, the, we've got to get up and keep moving forward. Like, for example, covid COVID hit 
every church in the United States, probably every church in the in world. In the world. Yeah. yeah. And and attendance during COVID, if if you were open, attendance pretty pretty much for the most part, I know there's there's, there's always an exception. Yeah. Attendance sucked. Okay? Mm-hmm. And and you remember I joked when we first reopened from COVID, I said, guys, we got about a year where we can blame everything on COVID. Like if it doesn't matter if if there's if we accidentally hooked up gasoline to <laughs> uh, to a lighter and it blew up and, and 17 people died, we could be like, yeah, man, yeah, COVID. COVID and people would have gone like, yep. But there comes yeah. a time where you can't blame it anymore. Yeah. So the, the reason I say that is because we're getting to the point right now where churches we're getting to the end of that window where you're not going to be able to blame COVID anymore. Listen, it was bad. It sucked. It was serious or not serious, depending on how you see it. I don't know. Um, but we're, we're getting to the place where we gotta, we've got to own the future. I cannot control the fact that a global pandemic affected church attendance worldwide. But you know what we can focus on? This coming Sunday. This coming Sunday is going to be awesome. What do you so let's say the, you were using the Republican Party as an example. Mm-hmm. What do you think as the church, Big C Church, we focus on the things we focus on that don't matter? I think the church can get focused on. Um, so every church out there has had a season of church hurt. Something bad has happened in that church. Maybe, um, maybe. Maybe a maybe a senior pastor drank too much and got fired. Just hypothetically, um, never heard maybe, that story I'm, before. Yeah, just that's purely just made <laughs> up out of my head. Um, maybe maybe there was a church split, or maybe something tragic happened. Listen, I listen. Every church has its own um, bad experience or bad experiences in the past, but at some point, you cannot blame the past. For your current condition, that window runs out. It's kind of like when a new coach takes over a football team. Hmm. You can blame the old coach for about two years, but after that, it's your team. Yep. It's kind of like when a new president comes in. You can blame the previous administration for about a year, year and a half, but after two years, those are your policy, sir or ma'am. We haven't had a ma'am yet, but one yeah. day there will be a ma'am. Maybe I don't know. Um, but you can't blame them anymore. So what the church does is we get so focused on the past that we can't look towards the future. We're so focused on COVID really did shut everything down and hurt people. And a lot of people dropped out of church, but we're not focused on a lot of people dropped out of the church, which means the mission field has more people in it than ever before. Let's go. Yeah. Let's freaking go. Let's reach these people. Yeah. I love it, man. Thank you, dude. So, okay, last but not least, number three, uh, the Republican Party had no projection. I cannot read. Projection? No projection of strength. Yes. So, you know what an oxymoron is? It's kind of like using the word, like, jumbo shrimp. Yeah. She's pretty ugly. (laughs) Um, So, an oxymoron would be strong politician. You just don't see a lot Mm. of them. That's across the board. Except, let me just say, there are exceptions. Yeah. I got a little bit of a man crush on Ron DeSantis. I knew you were going to say it. He won Florida by 20 points. It's not bad. Well, like the last election, he, he won by the skin of his teeth, you know? And then he, anyway, so he's yeah. pretty strong. But for the most part, 
when you see interviews and debates, most people, most politicians, they have talking points, they have lines that they repeat, and they dodge difficult questions. Constantly. Yeah. It's annoying to listen to. Are you for or against abortion? Well, back in the 19th, I could just answer the, just answer the question. Yeah. Just yes or no. Yes yeah. or no. Do you like ice cream? Well, I don't want to offend the cows. And Okay, well, screw it. I mean, just like... Uh, just answer, answer, answer the question. Answer the question. So the, the, there is a way to be strong and not mean. And no mm. one really seemed to appeal to the strength of the ideas and the agenda they had. They, they just tried to keep it as vanilla as possible. I think you do a real... I'm sorry if I'm moving you on, along too quick, but I think you do a really good job of this. Like standing firm... Right. But also, you do a really good job of also letting people know, hey, the, here's what I believe, but you're welcome here. 100%. How do you do that? It Well, it's... So, look, I'm going to chase a rabbit here. <laughs> I've had this thought for a while. I hate it when people go, um, let, let's, take a, let's take a very well-known speaker, Christian leader, Andy Stanley. Great guy. Super guy. In fact, I just saw today that him and his wife, Sandra, wrote a parenting book, mm. and I'm going to get it because they raised three kids that love Jesus and love the church. That's pretty good. Now, I mean, they're I'd say a, that's success. That's about a thousand. Yeah. But so let's let's take Andy Stanley for a second. People will they'll say, you know, I was listening to a sermon by Andy Stanley the other day, and they'll pause and they'll go, "Now I don't agree with everything he says." Okay, stop. Why'd you say that? Why did you have to say that? Does that say more about Andy, or does it say more about you? Like if I say, "Well, I was I was listening to so and so the other day," now I don't agree with everything he says. Hmm. Why do you have to say that? You have to say that because you are scared of people attacking you and 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 that and you they they think I listen Cole I don't agree with everything I say yeah like I I'll listen to sermons I preached five years ago and go that dude was an idiot yeah. I mean so I I had this written down one one of the temptations for church leaders today is we're so scared we're going to make somebody mad now mm. let me just say this. There are people that wake up and they're like, how can I piss off as many people as possible today? And they go out and they preach the angry message. I'm just saying, if you preach God's word and if you preach the truth in love, you're still going to make people mad. Um, you're going to make gay people mad. You're going to make straight people mad. You're going to make trans people mad. Mm -hmm. The problem is church leaders are starting to work so hard to not offend anyone that the sermons and the messages and the vision is so vanilla that nobody's going to buy into it. So what's the what's the secret sauce though? Because there's, I think we do a, again a great job of falling in between of not compromising on our beliefs, but also loving these people really well. Like truly, these people are in our church. What's <laughs> and maybe you just gave me the answer. I don't know, and I missed it. But what's what's the secret sauce like for us here at this church? I. You know, Cole, I'm going to have to go old school on this one and just answer. It really is just trying to be like Jesus. Hmm. Um, Jesus, because this is what people point out. Jesus hung out with sinners. Yes. 
would Jesus have been at the Bible study or would Jesus have been at karaoke at the bar? Well, Jesus would go on to karaoke at the bar. Yeah. But here's the thing that nobody else, here's the thing that usually people leave out. Jesus hung out with sinners, but he didn't celebrate their behavior. Mm. So, for example, let's just take the transgender issue. If a transgender person walks into Second Chance, are they welcome? Absolutely. I mean, we ha- we literally we, have we ha- them here. Will I accept them as a person? Absolutely. Will I be tolerant of their behavior? Absolutely. Will I celebrate their behavior? Hmm. No way. So so good. So like, if, is a gay person welcome at Second Chance every day? Of the week. Will I ever fly a gay pride flag Mm-mm. when hell freezes over? It's, yeah. it's that Jesus would absolutely love people. He would accept them, but he never, you never see Jesus celebrating sinful behavior. And at the end of the day, I don't think the church has to hold back because we've got like, Jesus Christ living us, living in us. We got the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got the Word of God, and we should be operating out of a position of strength, um, not not a position of apology. Yeah. Stop apologizing for you know. You know, I'm I'm talking about this subject today. Now, if you're here and you're wrestling with this subject, I apologize. Stop it. Just 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 preach God's truth. Preach it in love. Accept, but don't celebrate. And and be it, that's that's where that strength comes yeah. from. Strength comes from confidence, and my confidence is in the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God Ooh, working good. in combination to accomplish the purpose purpose of God in the moment. Dude, this is such an this is an area that just re- it requires so much nuance as well. Just like in in our personal lives, like I, I feel like so many people they hear things like this, like you know, have strength and love, and they take to Facebook. And like, that's not the right, that's not the right answer. But the flip side of that you're saying is like, people are terrified. Mm-hmm. So like, what is the, what's the, what's the in between there? You, one of the greatest forms of censorship in our country today is self censorship where people are scared to say what they truly believe because they're scared they're going to offend someone and get canceled. But who are you getting canceled by? people you don't know on a platform that you didn't build. Yeah. So who cares? At Bible end, boy. At the end of the, yeah, at the end of the day, um, as the church, as, and I wrote this down, as our message becomes clearer, our passion grows stronger and people see they can benefit from the difference um, that the church can make in their lives. And that's oper- that's when we operate from a position of strength rather than apologizing to the world for something that, that Jesus never apologized for. Yeah. It's good, man. Thanks, dude. I, I liked it. this episode. It was. It was. And and listen, if you're out there and you're voting in the 2024 elections, people have already started campaigning. Can you believe that? It's crazy. But at man. the end of the day, this is the one thing, and I'll say this and then we'll be done. Um, every church leader out there, I always tell church leaders, tell your people to vote, talk about the issues. But at the end of the day, politics is not going to save the world, the church is the hope of the world. We're in the right business. We're doing the right thing. Keep up the good work. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com. Whoa, 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 whoa.